Alrighty, welcome back, people. Hope you're doing well. First one I was going to cover with you, Dave. Combank yep. uh, have gotten together with an AI company called Quantium. They've re- released a report tracking spending trends across their Combank customer base to sort of figure out who's being the most affected and the least affected by rent rises and mortgage rate uh, mortgage cost rises. So, following the easing of COVID restrictions. Uh, spending on things like travel, food services has has gone up, but spending on essential items is either stagnating or falling depending on the age group. So yeah, for the quarter, uh, the first quarter of this year, January to March, travel accommodation spending is up 39% across all ca- uh, age groups compared yep. to the same time last year. Dining and food delivery spending rose 8.5%. The people who are most affected at the moment by what's going on with the cost of living is Australians aged 30 to 34 and people that are renting their homes. The ones least affected are 18 to 24-year-olds. From what Combank said, Those that age group is typically the ones that are still living at home um, rather than renting or paying a mortgage. So they don't have a huge cost back. They they don't have an amount of expenses that they have to cover as a lot of the other groups. Empty nesters, so boomers basically, are spending mm-hmm. the most of any cohort. Obviously, some of that might be because they're probably going to have a smaller mortgage than a lot of people in the old, in the or, younger or no age mortgage. categories. Yeah, or, no, or mortgage. no mortgage. And more of a wish to travel and get around. So those that are over the age of 65 had increased their, in their, had increased their spending by more than 10% between the yep. first three months of 2022 and 2023. So wondered your thoughts on that one. Yeah, look, not a surprise at all. I wrote to the Daily Telegraph and the Fin Review last week, um, just commenting on interest rates because the you know, interest rates are going up to try and um, cool um, cool spending, you know, to limit demand um, because you know inflation's high. But yeah, you know, the problem is the people that interest rates are hurting, you know, those with a mortgage and investors who then pass it through to people because of, you know th- through in rents um, to um, to, to renters, you know, they're, the, they're, they're not the people spending money. It's people over 50 that are spending the money. You know, they're, they're people who during you know, COVID had you know, money invested in shares or in, in the bank and were earning nothing. Now inflation's up. They're getting 3 4 5% on their money. They're going, happy days, it's time to, to go spend. And um, the government's saying, you know, in a couple of years' time, if you've got a super balance of over 3 mil, we're going to hit you with more tax. So they're going, well, um, my balance is uh, four mil rather than pay tax of 150 grand on the extra mil I've got at 15%, I'll pull the money out and go spend it. So that's what they're doing. So it's, you know, it's, it's yeah, no, no real surprise in these stats. Um, you know, the RBA will navel gaze next week with their stats and put interest rates up again probably in June or maybe July, you know, because a few of the pundits are you know, suggesting there might be another rate rise ain't going to change things you know it's going to it's going to increase unemployment so you're going to have people who've got a mortgage and then don't have a job it's lunacy absolute lunacy yeah okay so, um, yeah and then we've got the federal government committing to the stage three tax cuts which are worth you know 60 billion dollars or 100 billion dollars or whatever and the main beneficiaries are people who earn more than 100 grand a year like it's just it's amateur out the comedy club yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't make this stuff up. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Um, second and, yeah, one. And, then, and then there's and one of the things, sorry, Damien, that's in the inflation basket. <laughs> um, one of the things that's in the inflation basket calculation is rent. And they're going, oh, rent's going up. Yeah, because government hasn't allowed the people who supply property to supply property. And they've mm. dropped the ball. Um, so rents are going up. And so rents go up. So investors put rents up because interest rates go up. Like, you couldn't you couldn't make this shit up. Mm. Dave, you just got it's to start crazy. thinking about it. Yeah, you know, and I'm just telling so look, what we're about is, you know, what's your what's the reality? And as we've said over the last year, if you're renting and you like where you are, try and lock in a long term lease because your rent is gonna go up ten, twenty percent in some places. You know, there's stories on the the telly and in the paper of people, you know, been renting in a you know, one lady has been in rental for twenty years. And she's been punted. She's got six, six, um, 60 days because the rent's gone up. Can't afford it. So if you're renting, try and lock in um, a long-term lease. If you're a parent with kids renting, have a think about buying a property. Yeah, they're going to people are going to um, inherit. They're going to inherit your money anyway. So buy a property, uh, rent it to your kids, or have it rented out that you can. Um, because you know, I'm 10, 15 years time when you, when you know, little Johnny who's eight turns 23 and says, "Mum and Dad, can I have help for a property?" If you've bought one now for 500 grand, it'll be worth 700 yeah. in 15 years time. You flog it, play capital gains, and say, "Yeah, Johnny, here's 150 grand. Knock yourself out." Because that's what's going to happen. You know, we don't build enough property. We set up task forces of the lunatics who create the problem to try and fix the problem. So. I had 29 years in government, seen it. So, you know, if, you, if you're in any doubt, Utopia starts again in early June, just watch that and shake your head. It's crazy. Yeah. During COVID, like during the COVID years, let's say like 2020, 2021, and a little bit of 2022, um, a big thing was like, oh, it's it's cheaper to have a mortgage than it is to pay rent in all of these markets. And part, yeah. part of that was obviously that... Um, the cost of borrowing money was at the lowest level it may have ever been in our history, right? So yeah. um, it was obviously cheaper to maintain a mortgage for those uh, years than it would be to be renting in the same area. But now that's basically reversed. Um, obviously, as mortgage repayments have risen, they've, they've actually yeah. risen uh, more than rents have over the past year, which reduces the number of suburbs where it's cheaper to buy than rent a property. So CoreLogic uh, is one of the people that we follow quite a bit for stats, the, the most recent stats for property values and auction clearance rates and things like that. Yeah, the, the share of suburbs where it's cheaper to actually rent than buy has increased exponentially. So um, only for houses, only 9% of suburbs uh, in Australia were cheaper to buy a house than it was to rent. Uh, last year, that was 30% of house, uh, of suburbs uh, for yep. units. Just 16% of suburbs in Australia are cheaper to buy than they are to just rent a house, down from 45% last year. So um, if you've got a mortgage, chances are you're paying more than you would be if you were renting in the same place. But again, like... There's an upside to paying a mortgage, even though you've you're left with less money to play with to to you know pay for your expenses and pay for anything you want to do extra on the side. Um, 
but eventually that's going to pay off the bank. So you own the asset as opposed to paying the rent uh, to uh-huh. just live somewhere that you never see that money again. So there's obviously pros and cons, but um, yeah. I guess that's just, uh, I don't know, reflective of how high borrowing costs have gotten quite yeah. quickly for the the, uh-huh. the share of suburbs to drop that dramatically that are cheaper to buy a house than rent in, Dave. Yeah, yeah. So look, you know, we, we've talked about rent vesting before. Um, you know, you might live in a, you know, Ascot and Brizzy or Bondi or Turak or I don't know Sandy Bay and Hobart, and you know, you like living there because it suits your lifestyle, but you can't afford to to buy there. And you know, why would you? You know, we've I remember um, Goose from Dashdop talking about how when the when they were renting at Bondi, if they had a mortgage, the repayment would be twelve hundred a week. So, um, but they were renting and paying like six fifty or seven hundred. So it was five hundred a week cheaper to rent than it was to buy. Now, you know, granted, you are not getting um, capital growth from renting because you know, as the property appreciates in value, the owner gets that. Um, but yeah, you can rent where you want to live and buy an investment property where you want to, uh, you know, where where it's a good place to buy and. Yeah, you, know, you can you can buy an investment property in Australia for hundred grand. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of places around where you can buy one for hundred grand. Now, it's probably not going to go up a lot in value, but it will cover its own costs because you'll probably rent it for two twenty to two fifty a week, and it'll more than pay for itself. And then you can pay that loan down and go again. So, yeah, you know, um, the guys from Open Corp who are um, yeah pretty savvy with this stuff. Um, it wasn't until about their sixth or seventh house, I th- from memory, um, they bought six or seven rental properties each before they actually bought a house that they owned that they lived in. So um, it is practical. Um, you don't need a million dollars. It's it's about buying an investment in a in an area where people want to live that's affordable to your budget. So um, if you don't have a deposit, but you've got good, you know, your parents are happy to support you. You can use a security guarantee um, from your parents' property and buy with no deposit. So um, we're doing one of those for a uh, for a chap at the moment who's in Sydney and he's buying an investment property in Newcastle because he wants to move up here in say five years' time. So he's buying that now as an investment mm. using a security guarantee and a little bit of cash. He's got a little bit of cash to throw in, and um, yeah. So yeah, as you said, you know, there's a lot of suburbs that are cheaper to rent and buy at the moment. So yeah, there's um yeah, there's plenty of plenty of opportunity. And if if people need help, I'm happy to help. Okay. Last one from me. Great news in the finance world. The federal government are going to uh, regulate the buy now, pay later industry. Woo! Yeah. It's taken them like bad. three years, but we're getting there. So yeah. Um back in November of 2022, uh, after like a full-on, you know, task force reviewing how buy now pay later works and all that in 2022, the government released three options of how they could overhaul the buy now pay later industry. The options ranged from making the buy now pay later companies self-enforce rules 
all the yep. way to some pretty strict rules and they've settled for the middle option. So they're going to place the buy now, pay later sector into the credit act. It'll require mm-hmm. providers to assess a customer for how suitable it is for them to be taking on this product because it's a credit product. Yeah. So they're going to have to be assessing this person's ability to repay the, 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 the payments going forward, the four payments broken up of whatever this guy's purchasing. Yeah. Uh, Providers will also need to hold a credit license. Um, RBA data showed that in the year to June 30, uh, 7 million people were active uh, account holders of Buy Now, Pay Later uh, products like Afterpay, ZipPay, Hum, Latitude, et cetera, um, with about $16 billion in transactions. So going forward, uh, once this uh, regulation passes, they're going to cap fees for missed payment charges and require new warnings and product disclosures to be given to customers. So it's not so easy for people to be signed up to this stuff. There'll also uh-huh. be tougher rules on marketing of buy now, like buy now, pay later products. So buy market share, here are the top providers of buy now, pay later. And obviously a lot of people are going to have, uh, will have heard of these companies. So Afterpay holds 44% market share, Zip Pay. Uh, holds 28%. Hum, which I've never heard of, has 12%. Yep. Uh, Latitude Finance, or sorry, Latitude um, has 6%, and 10% of the market is owned by a collection of other buy now, pay later uh, services. Yeah. And some some research from a fintech called Frollo was saying that the average monthly spend of a buy now, pay later user was $420. Um, uh-huh. And research found that customers were more likely to use credit cards to repay the debt or lean heavily on payday advance services. So it sort of uh-huh. almost creates this cycle of using credit to pay off credit and just sort of revolving around that. Um, yeah. Some interesting age group stuff. So Gen Z, uh, Generation Z, 34% of Gen Z people used buy now, pay later services, but only 18% use credit cards. 70% of baby boomers use credit cards, but only 18% use buy now, pay later. So there's definitely, definitely, I guess. A move away from credit cards to buy now. Yeah, for young people, for young people. Yeah, for sure. So I wondered your thoughts about the changes and then we'll go to your stuff. Yeah, cool. So look, Gen Z is 97 to 2012. Yeah. Yeah. whereas the boomers are sort of, you know, up to about 64. So I think I just made the end of the baby boomers. But And, look, a, a lot of the reason why um, the younger guys would be using buy now, pay later is because there hasn't been much credit checking, whereas with a credit card, you know, you've got to go through. Um, you know, if you've got a pulse, generally you can get a buy now, pay later, whereas um, credit cards require a lot more um, a lot more information. Um Look, this this is long overdue, but look, realistically, when you're using these things, um, they're a good thing if you use them wisely because you're basically using someone else's money to to um, you know, fund, fund what you do. But just remember it is buy now, pay later. Um, we're happier if people are buy now, pay now, or in a lot of cases don't buy at all. Because the more you spend, the less you have, mm. especially if it's on discretionary things or non-income producing assets or toys or wasteful expenditure and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, you've got to look at what your objective is over the next five to 10 years. And if it's to buy a property or you know, increase your wealth through income producing assets, 
you're going to have to stop using some of this stuff. So, you know, use it wisely, but don't, you know, if, you, if you're using a credit card to meet your buy, buy now, pay later um, obligations, that's not a responsible use of credit and it's going to come back to bite you when you apply for loans. So our advice to people now is if you've got these things, kill them off before we go anywhere near a bank because they... They're hard to get statements from. It's hard to establish. You know, we had we had clients whose household income was six hundred thousand dollars, and all the bank was concerned about was whether we could get a statement for the female's two thousand dollar limit afterpay. And in the end, we just said, "Oh, can you just close it." So that just shows you, you know, what the banks think of them. Um, they like most credit products. They're good. Um, so long as you use them wisely, if you can't stay away from them. Yeah. There was a couple of things we we're going to chat about with changes to some of the government schemes for buying a house, Dave, and then a yeah, couple yeah, other yeah. things just, you wanted. Just before we go into that, I just wanted to mention like this week, NAB and ComBank, NAB Monday, ComBank this morning, um, have increased their interest rates. So there's more banks increasing their interest rates outside of the RBA changes. Now, they're only tweaking them up 0.05 and 0.1 and all that sort of stuff. So just be careful. Um, if you've got, if you or your parents or someone you know has a loan, just make sure you're on top of what your interest rate is. If you're in a house, if you live in the house, your rate should start with a five. If you've got an investment property, maybe a high five, but maybe closer to a low six. So um, just, just sort of keep that in mind. Um, yeah, so the Home Guarantee Scheme, which is the government's 5% scheme, has been expanded to allow more people into it. Um, previously, you had to be a citizen, but from 1 July, it's going to be available to permanent residents, which is, which is a good thing. Um, it's also going to allow friends, siblings and family members um, to sort of um, join together and buy a property because we're seeing, you know, the stats are that, you know, people are sort of forming groups to buy properties now because, you know, someone might have good deposit, um, someone else might have good income. So when they come together as a team, they're, you know, they can achieve more together than they can do separately. Um, and, yeah, there's a, there are a few other things, but it's just more people who are, are going to be eligible for it, which is a good thing. And, look, there's quite a few spots around um, with, you know, the, the issues with um, borrowing capacities reducing, um, yeah, there's there's less first-home buyers. So um, I want to talk just in regard to, um, like, where, where people are heading, um, it, not on holidays, but in regard to where people are moving to, and there was just some interesting stuff from um, from hotspotting. Yeah, you know, there's there's yeah you know, there's some commentary around about how you know people who move to the regions are now being told by their boss that they've got to come back to the office five days a week and and that sort of thing. Um, there are still people moving to the regions. Um, and yeah, you know, some of the people migrating to the country are, are going to the regions as well. So. Yeah, I I don't think the trend of people moving out of the big cities is over by a long shot. I think it's it's you know it's it's here to stay. Yeah, prior to the pandemic, I think the stat of people working from home was like five percent. During the at the end of the pandemic, it was like twenty five percent. It'll probably level off somewhere in the middle, and you might have people who you know who want to live in Ballarat or Bendigo and just commute to the office one or two days a week. Or they might want to live on the central coast or Newcastle, 
um, or they might want to live on the Sunshine Coast or the Gold Coast or you know, Ipswich or Toowoomba or something. So um, that's, that's sort of happening. Um, yeah, we talked about this before. There's more, you know, discussion around trying to fix the housing crisis. And you know, we know the big issue is supply. So, you know, until that's addressed um, and some people saying, look, there's, you know, rather than opening up land for the development, which then ha then needs services, it needs roads, it needs sewerage and all that sort of stuff, that we need more medium density urban landfill. So, you know, if you, if you ever catch the train from Western Sydney into Sydney, um, you know, look out of the window and there's heaps of vacant buildings and blocks and this sort of stuff plenty of land there that they can put apartments up and median density stuff and but you know part of the issue is um yeah someone who's living in um stanmore or petersham in a nice old terrace you know doesn't want the two places next door ripped down and 10 units put up mm. um you know because they like the amenity of the place they're in so um you know there's got to be some some critical thinking i think and um um, but yeah, ju just the other thing was around auction auction clearance rates. The auction clearance rates are huge, like they're mid to high seventies and over eighty percent in Adelaide. There's not a lot of stock around. Um, we're saying to our clients, if you like a property, um, make a good offer, and yeah, be prepared to maybe pay more than what's in the guide for a lot of places, um, because yeah, agents are doing their best. Um, to try and price property, some of them, yeah, you know, still under quoting, of course. But um, yeah, if you if you like a property, um, get in contact with your broker or us, and we can get you an RP data report um, on what the property might sell for. We've got some clients at the moment looking at a unit, um, and they found out that um, it was on the market for low fives, and then has been dropped to high fours, um, which is around what RP data suggests. So you know, we're helping them at the moment. And try and you know get their offer ready for that. So um, yeah, if you need help, um, sing out. Um, if you want us to review the loan you're currently on, if you're renting and just want a plan, it might be a three-year or five-year plan on how to get out of the rental cycle. Um, make contact with us and you know let's sort of get a plan ready. But um, yeah, the starting point is always where do you spend your money. Um, what are you spending your money on? How much are you saving? Uh, it is hard to save while you're renting, but um, you know, if you if you're spending money on uh, stuff you really don't need, you may need to put that stuff off for a couple of years until you get your property sorted. Because I can guarantee you, in ten years' time, property will be worth more than it is now, and rent will be a lot higher than it is now. So, mm. um, yeah, balls in your court, but you know, we're we're happy to help in any way. Happy with that then, David? Yeah, I think so. You know, yeah, there's yeah, we, we could talk for hours about a lot of this stuff, but yeah, yeah, as as we've said, if 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 you want help, give us a shout. Mm. And like speaking again, you were you sort of mentioned the medium density stuff, right? Um talking to like I spoke to a lady yesterday who's a financial counselor uh in rural New South Wales, and she sort of explained to me how we we're talking a bit about this nimbyism thing. So like people that have homes already who are probably older, maybe active in their local community or on their local council, almost, yeah. uh, almost, uh, acting like, uh, uh, 
mafia-esque and sort of controlling how the land supply around the place sort of is affected because they're worried about their house value going down. And um, it's probably never really going to happen because just not enough people are going to go and move in the same direction. But, like, I've sort of tried to come to terms with the fact that the economic benefits long-term of more housing being available is probably better than the alternative, which is a lot more homeless people, a lot more econo- uh, a lot more uh, financial uncertainty for more of the population, which doesn't lead to anything positive. So I don't know. I've sort of tried to yeah. come to terms with the fact that my if if I really want the the economy to be better and I, and I want the social aspects of the community to be better around me, I need mm. to be okay with a fucking a bu- pardon the French a bunch of units popping up on my street, which will affect my house for a couple of years, because yeah, sure. yeah. otherwise we're going to have more homelessness. We're going to have more people becoming poor because of how expensive it is to just live in a home. Um, yeah. And but most people I don't imagine are going to want to come to grips with that. It's an us and them mentality, and I can understand it. Um, it's sort of the system we have, so it is what it is, yeah. I guess. But I think I think what um, the the problem we part of the problem is we have government decisions that are made that don't um, consider what we call the unintended consequences. So we have a. The federal government gets elected and has a jobs and housing summit. Now, they, at the jobs and housing summit, we talk about the talk was around how there's 450,000 um, vacant positions around Australia, and which is about the number of people on unemployment. Now, the talk at that jobs and skills summit is, oh, we need more migrants to fill the jobs. The talk is, yeah, so migrants coming in, two, three hundred thousand of them got to live somewhere. So it creates a housing shortfall when we've already got a housing shortfall. No one at that Jobs and Housing Summit goes, hang on a tick, if we bring 300,000 migrants in, where are they going to live? Because mm-hmm. they all want to, they want to solve their little problem. And you know, business is going, yeah, bring all these people over because we, you know, we can pay them less and we can scam them and whatever. Um, there's nothing at the Jobs and Skills Summit which says, hang on a tick, we've got 450,000 people. Let's, let's say... 25% of them are capable of doing the jobs we've got. They're already here living here. Let's let's incentivize business and government um, to try and get those people off welfare, yeah. which reduces the budget deficit, which puts less pressure on inflation and gives people a job and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. we do that. Now, the other thing we do is we give, if you're a landlord, most of the rights rest with the tenant, so you give you give, like we had a, a client in Hobart who I chatted with when we were there a couple of, a month or so ago, and he's got someone living in his house who's not paying the rent, and who's damaged the property, and he he's going to be without rent for ninety days and have to incur costs to get this person out of his house. Now he owns that house, but he has no rights. So what do people do? They go well, we'll just put our stuff on Airbnb. Because if we get a pain in the ass in the property, they're only there two or three days. Yeah. So, yeah, we come up, all the do-gooders come up with these, oh, let's protect tenants' rights, but they don't sit there and think what's the re- what's the result of that going to do? They just don't think of it. Um, we had a client who's got a property up the coast, a place called North Arm Cove near Nelson Bay, 
If she rented that property a year, it would rent for about 500 a week, so about 25 grand. The first year of ownership, she put it on Airbnb and in four months made 22 grand. What, so if you owned that property, what would you do? You'd put yeah. it on Airbnb every day of the week, which takes a place out of the long-term rental supply. So the problem we've got is the, to quote, to quote our, um, the famous philosopher Simon Presley, the dickheads who create the problem think they can fix the problem, but they just make the problem worse. Because yeah. it's 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 lunacy, as I said before, when we we're talking about the first topic. Like you couldn't you couldn't dream this shit up if you tried. Like it is, it's just a monumental total fuck up because you've got all these do-gooders in government who've never probably had a they've never ran a business, they've never had a job, a proper job, don't understand how the market works, and they they fix one problem but create ten and then just put their head in the sand. So my, as we said, you've got to just get with reality. And the reality is we have a chronic housing undersupply that's only going to get worse. So if you're renting, your rent's going to go up. So if you like where you rent, ring your landlord today or ring the agent and say, hey, Merv, we love living here. Can we get a three-year lease? And we want to lock it in. We're paying four fifty. We're happy to lock it in at 500 for three years. Because in three years' time, I can guarantee you your rent will be six hundred, and we'll have, we'll have more people in cars. And what they'll do is they'll put more regulation on investors, who are the only people. You know, Mum and dad investors are the only people who can solve this problem, and the government keeps kicking them in the teeth. So, um, thanks for listening, Damo. <laughs> but but that's just the reality we live in. Um, if you're in any doubt, as I said, Utopia starts in early June. Um, if you want to see how government operates, um, watch that and just shake your head. Beautiful. All righty. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to get in <laughs> touch with us, go to moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. Go to Facebook, type in Money Saver Home Loans as well. We love helping people get on the right track to, to buying a house for themselves or getting on the path to, um, I don't know, saving the money and having the right financial habits to buy a house in the future, wherever you're at in the journey, we like helping people do it. So give us a buzz if yeah. that's something you're looking to do. Yeah, look, there's there's free help available here all the time, um, no matter what you need. You're not happy with anything in your life, give us a shout. Um, we'll try and help you. And, um, yeah, but you, you are going to have to uh, help yourself. If you, you know, as the um, the famous prophet Michael Jackson said, um, if you want to make the world a better change, a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. If you're not happy in your current situation, you have to change. The world ain't going to change for you, unfortunately. Be nice if if everyone just changed um, to suit us, but that's just not the way it works. So if you're not if you can't save money, give us a shout. We'll look at your um, expenses in your budget and we'll help you. Um, go have a look at the Cal the Scab Facebook page. Um, Cal seeks out bargains all the time and saves hundreds of bucks a month um, just by savvy shopping. So, um, mm. yes, plenty of help. Um, if you need it, give us a shout. Beautiful. Have a good one, people.